Welcome back to the Rocky Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein, and I have a co-host with me today. It's Janelle Anderson. Hi, Janelle. Hi. Hi, everybody. Good to be here. I'm so glad we're doing this. Like I said earlier, I was getting a little bit bored with the podcast, and rather than ending the show or going to monthly, I thought I would uh, check this out. So listener, if you like this style, or if you don't like it, whatever, just go to the show notes and let us know, post a comment. Let us know what you think about this new format. So Janelle, I'm so glad we've got a great topic today. It's called What I Did to Stop Awfulizing Retirement. And I know a lot of listeners have this same issue. But before Janelle and I dive in, I wanted to tell you, the listener, that once again, this episode is brought to you by the Baby Boomers 30-Day Journal. This write-in journal helps you keep your life on track by tracking what's important, which is the six pillars of retirement that we've talked about. Those six pillars are the spiritual aspects, your significant other relationship, your friendships, your purpose in life, your health, and your family. You can get a copy of the journal by going to rockyourretirement.com slash journal, and that'll take you to the Amazon site. Oh, and by the way, if you have a copy of the journal and you like it, I would love a five-star review. <laughs> so, <laughs> Janelle, welcome back. Yes. Thank you. It's fun to be back. I love this format. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I love talking yeah. with you. I mean, you have, you know, because you're a coach and I'm not, I'm just a podcast host. I love <laughs> some of your um, takes on some of the articles that we're reading and talking about. Oh, great. Well, I enjoy, enjoy talking about this stuff. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's my, it's my jam, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. And yeah. it's, it's really great to read what other people are writing. So uh-huh. this article talked about the fact that she and a bunch of other people are awfulizing retirement, which I guess that's a, um, an actual term awfulizing. Yeah. I, I don't know who started it, but I think it's really a great way to describe. I think this was a guy, cause there was a picture in the article, this guy at the wall of China. Hmm. Um, yeah, but I love that term, awfulizing. It's a great description of what we do sometimes when we think about what could go wrong. You know, it, what what what's awful about this instead of what's going to be fun and great about it. You know, so we awfulize things. Yeah, so when you're in your practice, do you hear that a lot? People thinking, ugh, if I retire, I'm going to be bored. I'm going to run out of money. I mean, what what do what do people think? I have run into both of those. I remember one one woman said, I can I, I just can't keep walking my dogs like sixty times a day. I mean that's all she was <laughs> doing. She had no idea what to do with herself and uh that was the only thing she could think of. So it's either a lot of fear, and that's where I think this awfulizing term comes from is the fear and he brings this out in this article really well that fear of what's going to happen. What's going to go wrong? Am I going to run out of money? What if this happens? What if that happens? You know, what if I, what if healthcare goes way up and I can't afford my healthcare? What if the, I didn't save enough and then I better just stay and, and work until I die because all these terrible things could go wrong. And so oh that's, it's so true. I mean, yeah, I have to tell you, I could retire right now if I wanted to. Okay. We uh-huh. have saved enough money. And 
you know, I have things to do. I have a podcast, but I just, I don't know, Janelle, I can't, I just can't do it. For one, hmm. I'm, for one, I'm too young. Okay. I'm, I'll be 53 this year. Oh yeah, you are young. I'm too young. You know, I'm thinking, what am I going to do with myself? But, you know, my husband is in his early seventies. He's, he could retire. I bet if I retired, he would retire. He doesn't work for money, but he he um, is on the board of all these different companies, so he's constantly out. But if if I bet if I retired, he would. But I can't bring myself to it because I think I'm doing it. I think I'm awfulizing it. It's like, oh, mm. even though we have plenty of money saved, what if the market goes down? What if my house, you know, in California, mm-hmm. we all use our houses as retirement, Right. 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 If the house prices crash, which could happen. It happened in 2008. Um, why do we do this? Well, let's talk about fear. That's what it is. It's fear. And it, fear of the future, especially, is the problem. So we could, we could be afraid of the future, whether we're thinking about retirement or not. And young people, you know, so no matter where you are in your life, you could have a fear of the unknown, a fear of what might happen, the what ifs. And fear is really the focus on the future. And the future is not even real because right. it hasn't happened yet. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you yes. know, it's funny because I listen, I'm a podcast fanatic. Okay. I listen mm-hmm. to podcasts all the time. And there's one of my favorite podcasts is actually a business related podcast. And there's a woman named Amy Porterfield. Yes, and, I know her. Okay. I mean, I don't know her personally, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is that she lives not too far from me. I mean, I don't oh. know. I've never been to her house. Amy, if you're listening, which I'm sure she's not, <laughs> I'm sure she's not going to invite me over. But um, she lives in the next city down. And mm-hmm. on one of her episodes, it, it was recent as of this, the taping that you and I are doing of this show, uh, her episode 217 it talks about why people aren't doing uh, work. You know, people will create these workshops. They'll create these classes, mm-hmm. and they they don't they don't do it. They don't release them. They don't do the webinars. And why is that? Because they're scared. Uh-huh. And I know it's like totally unrelated. <laughs> it's kind of unrelated to what we're talking about, but in a in a way, it's related. Yep. Because. I was thinking, well, people aren't releasing, they're not doing these webinars because they're scared. That must be the same reason why I'm not retiring or why other people aren't retiring that, that have, I mean, I can understand if you don't retire because you haven't saved enough. Right. But what if you have, and then you're still not retiring? Yes. Because <laughs> you're scared. You don't know, you've never mm-hmm. retired before. Right. <laughs> you don't right. know what's going it's, to happen. It's any transition is like that any transition at all you don't know it's i always call it like crossing over a bridge you don't know what's on the other side of the bridge what if the bridge breaks while you're on what it what if the what if the bridge breaks what if i get over there what and it's an all earthquake? dark and scary yeah <laughs> what if, what if the bridge crashes there's an earthquake oh yeah well maybe i should stay over here where i'm used to things but, <laughs> exactly but things could go wrong over here too That's you know true things go yeah. wrong all the time Yes. And I like what he said in this article that he changed. He was thinking that way. He was awfulizing his retirement and he realized that it was because he was thinking about, he said, I'm thinking so much about the things that could go wrong. And then he talked about, you know, he always wanted to travel around the world 
and now he's doing it. And um, he said that he decided to stop worrying about what could go wrong and focus on the adventure, like embrace the unknown. You know, when I was reading this, I was getting a little fearful when he said he sold his house and all his possessions. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was like, whoa, that's really embracing the adventure. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But when we think about it, some of the best times that a lot of us have in our heads is when we were in college. Yeah. We had nothing. Right. We didn't own houses in college. We didn't have a bunch of crap in our houses. (laughs) That's right. I didn't even own furniture. All that stuff holds you down in in a lot of ways, especially if you want to travel. He wants to be a a retired globetrotter, he calls himself. So that was what he wanted. Not everybody wants to do that. So it doesn't mean that everyone has to go sell their house and all their possessions when they retire. I'm guessing he's single, too. Yeah, probably. You know, we women, I think we're kind of nesters. Yes. You no, know, we, we like our, our, yeah, we like to have a, I mean, not all of us. I have a friend who's, she's living in an RV with her husband, traveling. They're having a great time. I always see their pictures on Facebook. But uh, I think just in general, a lot of us women, we kind of like to stay in one spot. Yeah, we like to have our home. But what he said, which I thought was really key, was this, he envisioned what he wanted. So it's really, it comes down to what do you want? What do you want to do in your retirement? And maybe you're not ready yet for that. But if you feel like you are, as far as, you know, financially, then you're, if you're afraid to do it because you're not sure you have enough saved or you think you're thinking of all the things that can go wrong, one of the things to switch that around is to start envisioning what you really want to enjoy. What do you want your retirement to look like? Envision it, see it, feel it, and then that gets you excited and you're focused now on what could be fun. Yeah, instead of what could go wrong. I know. It's so hard to do, though. Well, it the is. truth is things could go wrong. I mean, like he says in here, you know, you, you nobody can anticipate all the unknowns, Right. Right. Whether you're retiring or not. Why are we so afraid of the unknown? I don't... You know what I think? I think it's because people like to be in control. They like to feel like they're in control and you can't control an unknown. I guess when we were all cavemen, it it served a purpose (laughs) because you didn't want to walk into a scary hole where you didn't know what was in there, right? Yeah, I still don't want to. (laughs) Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Like, (laughs) I've gone um, snorkeling before and had friends, like, go off in a cave. I'm like, I am not going into an underwater cave. Sorry. No, no. So much could go wrong. (laughs) So much, yes. Yeah. No, I think, you know, being fearless or, you know, not fearing is not the same thing as being reckless. And we, we shouldn't be reckless and, you know, walk ourselves into situations that, could be dangerous. But on the other hand, we don't want fear to hold us back from enjoying life. And that's what happens sometimes. That's true. Absolutely true. Yep. Yep. I mean, if I was fearful of every, you know, of, of everything, I probably wouldn't have the, the, um, the career that I have because I am, I have been for years and years, a hundred percent, you know, what I make is, I don't get a salary. 
uh-huh. right? And I don't get a retirement plan. All uh-huh. of that is on me. If I was afraid of that, I never would have built up what I built up. Exactly. Know, if I had exactly. a nine to five, right? Uh-huh. Exactly. Yes. It's being able to envision what you want, but then also trusting yourself enough to know that, hey, whatever happens, I will handle it and I'll figure it out and I'll make it happen. And that is something a lot of people struggle with. They want to, they want to rely on somebody else for those things, right? Like the job and the paycheck and the benefits. It's so scary to step out even into retirement or entrepreneurship mm-hmm. because then you're depending on yourself. Yeah. Or retiring. You're depending on your assets. And and remember mm-hmm. I at the beginning I was talking about Amy Porterfield. Mm-hmm. Um, the guest was talking about how we tend to think that taking action is things like reading about something, listening to podcasts about something. Like we're not actually doing anything. We're right. not doing anything. And that's kind of why I, um, it's kind of why I created that journal, the journal, you know, it's funny, people think Uh that I created it for the listeners, I actually created it for myself, I was doing this journal for myself, (laughs) because these are the six areas that I personally need to work on. And um, that's why I created so to me, the, the, the journal makes you do a small action. Not a huge action. You're not like saying today I'm going to change the world, but you're doing one small action in whatever area of your life that's important to you every day. Mm-hmm. That one small action is so powerful. I talk about this all the time with, with my clients and my audience too, is that is I think taking small actions every day is a lot more powerful than trying to do some big thing. Those little steps, for for one thing, you feel really great when you take even one small action. You know, like if I sit here and think about how my house needs to be cleaned and it just weighs on my mind for days and days, when I finally do even just clean up one room, I feel great, you know, because I took a small action and I feel like now I'm moving. Have you heard about that book called Make Your Bed? No. Oh, gosh, I hope that's the name of it. Um. I'm going to write this down, make your bed. Um, it's written by, I think, in like a military person high up oh. in the military. Uh-huh. Oh, and, I have heard of it. Yes. Yeah. He was in the military. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it says the reason why he wants everybody to make their bed perfectly in the morning is now you've got an accomplishment that you've uh-huh. done something perfectly in the morning and now your whole day can go good. Wow. Yeah. That is a great philosophy. I don't know. I want to make my bed perfectly, but <laughs> the well, idea. <laughs> for a long time, I mean, before I got married, I never even made my bed. Let's just be honest. I, <laughs> I was such a slob. I've gotten a little bit better because my husband is, you know, when I met him, he was meticulously clean and he's kind of uh, relaxed <laughs> because he has to, because I, let's just face it, I'm a slob, but I've gotten a lot better. And now I'll make the bed with him in the morning. And I do feel a lot better coming uh-huh. in and oh, the bed's made. It looks so nice. Yeah. yeah, it does look nice. And it is a great way to start the day. You've done something and you're ready to move on now. Yeah, I'm gonna have to read um, that book. Make your bed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's the name of it. 
Yeah, maybe sometime right. we can read it and we can talk about it. But I think, you know, reading a book and reading an article are two different things. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I think it's taking action that's key in, in what we're talking about really is because fear keeps us from taking action and it just kind of, we just stay stuck and we find excuses for waiting to retire. We find excuses for doing what we really want to do and then we don't do anything. So even if you just do one small thing towards whatever it is you want to do, that just creates this momentum and helps you to overcome that fear and, and kind of break through that paralyzing the paralysis, I guess, that fear can create. Analysis, paralysis. Yeah, analysis, paralysis. Exactly. Well, that's what we're doing. We're all doing all this research about retirement. You know, we're, we're researching it. We're financially planning. We're planning for our medical needs. I mean, Janelle, I bought long-term care insurance when I was 40. Wow. Okay. That tells you what kind of a planner I am. Yeah, you are a planner. My daughter keeps telling me, Mom, you got to get long-term health uh, care. And I haven't even thought about it. And I'm 65. <laughs> so. Well, I have to tell you, the long-term care insurance, is it's, it is pricey. Yeah, that's probably why I haven't done it. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, yeah, it's, it's very pricey. And you can't buy the kind of policy that I bought when I was 40. Mm. It doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have lifetime coverage. Wow. And, wow. um yeah, so it it's it's very pricey, I understand, but you know when you think about how many how many people are going to need it. I mean, yeah. we're all living longer, so we're probably going to need are. it. We are. Yep. 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 And that's awfulizing. It's like, "Oh, I don't even want to think about that." <laughs> yes. I don't want to no, think about not. going into a nursing home or having somebody come and help me shower. I don't want to think about no. those things. <laughs> no, no, live in the moment, right? Right. <laughs> See, now we're we're torn apart. We're supposed to live in the moment, but we need to plan. What what's going on here? Right. Yes, yes. He talks about that in the article. Remember he talks about planning versus plans. I thought that yes. was very interesting. Yes. He Absolutely. says planning can teach us a lot, but what you plan and what you get will be two different things. Right. It's never it's never accurate, your plans. Right. So that's where you got to trust yourself that I can change the plans just because I made the plan and now it's different doesn't mean I have to stick to the original plan. I can adjust and make changes according to what's happening now. And that's where I think he became very comfortable with uncertainty and embraced it because he realized, hey, I can make plans and, and I can I can plan and then make plans, but know that those plans might change as I'm walking this thing out. Right. It's all about overcoming our fears. Yes, it and, totally is. And how do you overcome your fears? By doing it. I mean, think think back, probably we can't remember, but think back to when we were five or six or seven or whenever we learned to ride a bicycle. Right. We right. were so afraid. But yes. the more we did it, now, now... Or, or think of something fresher, learning to drive. Mm-hmm. Yes. You just have to do it. You do. Face the fear and do it anyway. That's right. That's yes. right. As long as it's, you know, not a, an, a ridiculous thing like, you know, 
I don't know, I shouldn't say this, jumping out of an airplane? <laughs> <laughs> My son-in-law does that as a Marine all the time. And he tells me, like, it's great. It's safe. And I, he wants my daughter to do it with him. I'm like, no. No, please don't. But for him, it's completely Because he's done safe. it a million times. Yes. The more he, you do it. Uh-huh. I bet he yep. wasn't, I bet he wasn't fear, you know, I bet he felt that fear the first time. I'm sure. Yeah. But, you know, he's done it hundreds and hundreds of times. And they trained him. So he did do some training first. He didn't just jump out of an airplane without any training. Right. He He learned. Yeah, he wasn't reckless. He he planned, right? And he he got his parachute all folded up the right way and did the training and learned. And, but that's what we need to do is as we look ahead and decide whether we're going to retire or whatever we're going to do. A lot of my clients are looking at maybe quitting their day job to do something different, maybe a second or what do they call that? An encore career or start a business. And it's the same thing. The fear paralyzes them and they say, oh, I should just keep doing what I'm doing, even though I'm miserable instead of stepping out. And I tell them all the time, don't quit your day job yet. Let's plan and let's look at everything and learn what you need to learn and see what you need to do before you make that leap out of that, you know, jumping out of the airplane. Right. Learn how to pack that parachute properly. Yes. Yes. And then step out. Hmm. You know, fear is really a creation of our mind. I mean, we decide what to what we're going to be afraid of. And we we can also decide not to be afraid. It's a decision we make. It's not really what's happening to us. It's how we're looking at what's happening to us that creates that that fear. Right. If we trust ourselves and know, okay, I can handle whatever comes up, right. even though I'm planning and things might change and maybe I can't, I can't know the whole future, but whatever, what's the worst that could happen? And let me already know how I'm going to handle that or at least what can I say to myself when the unexpected happens so that I can see it as, okay, what's the opportunity here to learn instead of, oh my gosh, it's awfulizing, you know? Right, right. But plan, plan ahead that way. Like, I know that whatever does come up, I can, I will figure it out. I will look at it as this is part of life and what's the solution? What's the way around it? I've overcome things before. And that really helps to alleviate that fear. Stress. When when yeah. you're in your practice, what's the main fear that comes up? What do you what do you think that is? The, the main fear is, I think it really for most of my clients in the space they're at, it is that unknown and that I don't think I can. Um, it's almost like that distrust of self, like that whole dependency on the job and on what they've known. And not really knowing, not really trusting that they have within themselves the wisdom and the knowledge and the strength and all that they have within them that they can trust to like, go ahead and step out and do what you really want to do. Like, do you think it's more the distrust of their purpose in life or is it more the financial end or what, what do you think it, it is for most of us? I think the financial end is a huge part. The finan- I hear this all the time, not only finances, but health insurance. Health insurance comes up all the time, right? Because it, that's huge. It, well, you know, it, I hear it, it because that's what I do for an actual living. Right. I, I sell Medicare insurance. Yeah. And um, 
It's funny because I, the majority of my, well, all of it, I should say, comes from referrals, either referrals from uh, practitioners here where I live or from my website. But the first thing that I have people do is watch this 20-minute video. And it kind of explains the difference between there's two types of, once you sign up for medic, Medicare insurance, there's, you've got to make a choice between right. uh, Medicare Advantage and Medicare Supplement. So I have, I created this little video, it's 20 minutes. And the fu- it's like half the time people come back and they say, well, I knew most of it because I've spent 16 hours researching. Oh, my goodness. You know, at <laughs> some point, at some point you have the knowledge. Right. And you've got to make a decision and you've got to do it. Right. The thing about the insurance is you've got a deadline. Yes. There's no deadline for retiring. True. (laughs) Unless you are like an airline pilot or something. Don't they have a deadline? Don't they have to retire at a certain age? I think so. And and the guy that wrote the article here, he was a air traffic controller and they might have a deadline too. Right. Oh, and you know, there's one other thing. You know, the millennials think that we're selfish for not retiring. Really? Yeah, because I read I read all these different, like core. I'm on Cora, and this is where somebody asks a question and people answer. And there's all these questions about why are baby boomers so selfish? They're not retiring. Do you think you know? Yeah, they think we're selfish. And I'm thinking, do you really think that as a millennial that we're holding your job? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, us retiring does not mean a millennial is going to instantly take that job. No. So, yeah, but they think we're selfish. That's crazy. We're not retiring. Well, they don't get it, that we're scared. No. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know yeah. what we're going to do. You just wait. You just wait till you, you're going to get here one day. Exactly. You're going to be scared too. <laughs> but, yeah, isn't it funny how the different generations see things differently? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we as baby boomers, we're actually changing the whole landscape of what retirement looks like because we're living longer and we're doing more things. You know, when our parents retired, they were old. They were old. I remember thinking that, you know, my grandma was probably the age I am right now. And it wasn't just that I was young. They were older. They yep. seemed older. They did. They thought that way. I I just did a, a podcast, I guess you'd call it. I don't call them podcasts, but I guess they really are about that, about how you think when you're older and how that affects how you act. And what you even look like. Yes. You know? I mean, did they have hair dye back then? I don't, <laughs> I don't think it was that long ago. You I know, either. I mean, you know, I've I've let my hair go. I started going gray when I was like 10. <laughs> right. And so there was this one, like a one or two year period where I just let my hair be gray. Mm-hmm. I was awful. Yeah, I won't let mine be gray. <laughs> it was no awful. I think that would be one of the worst parts of going to prison. Like if I did something really awful and I went <laughs> yeah. to prison, I think the worst part would be how your hair looks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I've never thought about that. If you're in right. prison and listening to this show, please let us know whether they let you dye their your hair. I don't think they do. Oh, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> you know, there are, there are some people who look great with silver hair and yeah, it looks I mean, be- Beautiful, not me. I'm not one of them. Yeah, I think those people are very lucky. Yes, (laughs) yes. My gray is awful. I look older. Yeah, I don't. I don't. And you know, it's true though. When you look older, I think you do feel older, like you just said. Yeah, yeah. And it's how you think, you know, like I'm not ready to stop living. I want to still have fun and enjoy life and do what I really love to do and 
be busy making money and have a business. I'm not going to go retire. I don't care what the millennials say. Exactly. Oh, I just thought of something. What's that? Do you think Viagra had a mm. had a hand in making us all feel younger? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it could very well be. <laughs> I don't know oh because gosh. it wasn't always there. You know, That's I mean, true. maybe we all That's... felt older because we weren't you know, getting any action. (laughs) (laughs) That could be. (laughs) What did they do before Viagra? I guess they just... They didn't. They just didn't. They were in the bathtubs holding hands and nothing was happening. (laughs) Yes, the bathtubs holding hands, looking at the ocean. I just love that commercial. That's not even a Viagra. Isn't that a Cialis commercial? Yes, it is. <laughs> I laugh every time I see it. <laughs> why do we know these things? And why are they why are they advertising these things on TV? They should be advertising any kind of drug. That's true. Anyway. Oh yes. So um yeah, I think we're we're all a little bit afraid. Mm-hmm. And um the art you know, it says we just need to do it. Just take that yeah. step and make baby steps, right? Ask yourself this question. I always have questions. Here's a good one. What opportunities have you passed up or are you passing up because you're afraid? And what would be different if you were not afraid? What would you do if you were not afraid? Right? Yeah. So. Because we all are. If we're still working, by definition, if you're working, you can't be doing something else. True. True. I once talked to a woman who was thinking about hiring me. She ended up not hiring me. And I think it's because she was afraid, but she was going to hire a coach to help her retire. She had her own business and she was already 69 or 70. And she had this business and she was training her daughter to take it over. Everything was set up for her daughter to take it over and she couldn't let go of it. She just could not let go of it. And so she decided, no, I'm not going to work with a coach right now. I'm just too busy. I'm too busy. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, but you're 70. You should enjoy life right now, you know, and go go rest. I mean, she was like working. I'm talking like 60, 70 hour weeks. The woman was working way too hard. And she couldn't let it go. Yeah, it's funny because we all have heard the story about when you're on your deathbed, you never think, oh, I should have spent more time working true but we do it yep. anyway yep we do we do I guess, he said something like that in this article yeah it's like i think a lot of us are afraid of what we're going to do with our time yes he said that i i have yet to meet a retired traveler who wishes he or she had delayed quitting work a few more years before embarking on adventures or beginning to fulfill dreams to the contrary in most cases once they started retirement any fears of running out of financial resources have transformed into fears of running out of time. Yes. And if we started See? earlier, we could get we could get more of our actual purpose done. You know, yeah. one of the things that I really admire about my dad and stepmom is I think my dad was 55 when he retired and they oh. went all out. You know, he had wow. prepared financially and they started taking, you know, they traveled a lot. And my dad has Parkinson's now and it's pretty pronounced. He's got, you know, dementia. Uh. He still, rec- you know, he still recognizes us and everything, but his whole facial expressions have changed because of the Parkinson's. It's, uh. you know, and as a daughter, I'm going through all of that. But even though he's going through all this, they just got back from a cruise to Cuba. Wow. I know. 
And so they're still doing things. And um, my stepmother had relayed this, this thing happened. Okay. So my stepmother lets my dad do a lot of things. When he um, already had Parkinson's, he was still working out in the shop with a lathe. And Mm. I... I would have been the worst because I, I would not have let my husband do that. And he would have gone downhill faster mm, because right, she, right. she lets him do things. And yep. when he falls and he falls quite a lot, she makes him get back up on his own. Wow. Wow. Good for her. And the doctor said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Cause his progression is a lot slower than it should be. See, see. Well, the other oh, day wow. he fell. Now, what about fear of what other people think? Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So the other day he fell and she said, get back up, get back up. And then she walked away, put her stuff down and came back over. And somebody watching said, are you a caregiver or are you the, the wife? And she says, I'm a wife. And she says, you are the worst wife ever. Somebody said oh that gosh. to her. Wow. And they have no idea. But I mean, that could be a fear of why you wouldn't do a fear of what other people think oh, about yeah. That's a big one. get uh-huh. yourself back up. Yeah. But what she's doing is actually better for him. Yes, it you know, is. Making him do things on his own. Having him, it's slowing the progression. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think a lot of us have fear about what other people think. Oh, a lot of us do. And that stops us too. And we're trying to please everybody else. And instead of live our lives full out and do, you know, unapolog- unapologetically right. do our, you know, live our life. I think what she's doing with him it's uh, i've read about you know like brain health and how it relates to dementia and things like that like alzheimer's that the more connection you know it's the connections in the brain right and so the more that you're doing on your own he she's helping him by letting him keep those connections going and, and it's actually more difficult because you can do things faster yeah yes <laughs> let me tie your shoes okay let me just do it yeah. let me just do yeah. it for you um, but when you do that, you're robbing them of doing it themselves. Yes. Yes. You know? And yeah. so, so yeah. But, and then one other thing too, about running out of money. And I've talked about this on the show. I don't know if we, you and I talked about it, but you can actually, if you really do run out of money, okay. All of us have social security, right? Right. You can live quite comfortably on $2,000, $1,500 a month in another country. Hmm. And it's true. A lot of us don't even think of that. Like, okay, yeah. what if I run out of money? Well, guess what? There's always an out. Yeah. There's always something else that you can do. And if you don't want to move out of the country, there's places in the United States that you uh-huh. can move to. But yeah. again, it's all fear of the unknown. Right. And it's amazing what you can live on if you cut out all this stuff we don't really need and sell stuff that you don't really need and go maybe get a tiny house. <laughs> I mean, you know, just simplify your life. I mean, that's probably what we're going to have to do because we didn't save a lot for retirement. We worked in, we had a nonprofit teen center and I worked in a little private school when I was a teacher and that's what we did. And so, but the way out for me has been to create my own business and my own income and I get to work from home and my husband is now making money as an Uber driver and doing quite well. Oh, I have a friend who makes $1,000 a week. Yeah, that's what he's doing. It's crazy. I'm like, I'm going to, I want to drive an Uber. (laughs) Yeah. And he, and he makes it so fun. He decorates his van and he has water and candy and gum and he plays movies for them on his DV. He has a van and um, he just has a blast. And the 
we, we're in a college town, so the college kids love it. Yes. They they spread the word about him, and they'll get in the car and say, "Oh, I've heard about you." <laughs> we are in a sharing economy. There's yes. so much we can do now. It's true. So so much, but yeah, yep. yeah. Well, thank you once again. This was sure. wonderful to have these discussions with you. I love your your take on things. Love oh, it. good. Thank you. I, I love talking to you, too. And hopefully everyone listening enjoyed it, too. <laughs> Absolutely. Let us know, listener. Go to the show notes. Let us know what you thought about this episode and whether you like this format. We're, we're testing it out for episodes this way. And... Um, And I'd love to hear what you think. Go on over to rockyourretirement.com, click on the episodes tab, find the episode and and, uh, make a comment. Great. Thanks so much. And thanks again, Janelle. And uh, we'll see you next time. And listener, see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August... Actually, August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com. And we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app, and then you search for the show. And when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure 
it's the Rock Your Retirement Show, and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.